Epiphany Fellowships Podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. My grandmama didn't have the theological terminology of sovereignty. All she knew to say was, he was God all by himself and he didn't need nobody else. <laughs> she didn't have the terminology for his omnipresence. She just knew he was everywhere. So she'd say stuff like he's too high to get over, too low to get under, and too wide to get around. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you recognize that, or you have to re-recognize that God is bigger than anything you're going through, bigger than anything you've experienced, bigger than any challenge that by his grace you can overcome anything. Say, I'm an overcomer. Oh, say it like you believe it. I'm an overcomer. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, give him a praise right there. Give him a praise right there. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited about a lot of things as we transition to our sermon. Uh, next Sunday, right after the gathering, we have some key updates. Just very, very... Uh, after uh, the second gathering, we'll have a quick update for you, very, very quick, maybe 15 minutes. Um, and not only that, um, next Sunday will be our last uh, uh, message on uh, Christian liberties. Uh, hopefully this series has been helpful to you. Um, we will be doing a panel next Sunday. So it's, it's basically a recap and you asking any question you want. All right, but we're going to still pick them now. You can ask it, don't mean we're going to deal with it. Man, some of y'all Christian may be too grimy for the public. Um, but uh, we would like for you to message us online on Instagram, our Twitter, or our TikTok page. So message us on there. Please do this because we're going to use this as fodder for our message. So, so go back over to see what I want you to do. I want you to go back and look over our podcast app or, uh, or uh, if you use Facebook or uh, YouTube, I want you to go back and look over the messages, uh, titles, and different things, or if you've re-listened to some stuff or took notes, write those notes down because we're going to be picking those questions uh, by next Sunday uh, and dealing with it. And um, whenever you post something or send it to us, just hashtag that uh, Christian Liberties for us. Amen? Amen. And I'm excited next Sunday for us getting together. Ain't y'all ready to get together and hang out on the rooftop? That's going to be fly. That's going to be real fly. I was driving past there a few times this week. And it's just a beautiful in our city to be able for us to get together and be able to fellowship. One of our goals this year is for us to reconnect with each other. Somebody say reconnect. We need to reconnect as a community so that we uh, can know who we are. We can do a mask like this real quick, put it back up. You know, so we can say, who are you? Some of y'all, you know, I see, hey, Pastor Mason. I'll be like, who are you? And then they go, I say, oh, okay, I see you. I see you. You know, but I didn't know who you were with the mask on. So let's um, let's get together and get a great time of fellowship next week. It is going to be wonderful for us to get together. Well, we're digging in today. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 through 13 will be our base passage, but we will be going through a plethora of scriptures. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. Uh, you can just read the verse 12, as a matter of fact. On 3, 1, 2, 3, and read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Today, to read our message is Christian Liberties. Alcohol, cigarettes, cigars, weed, gluttony, and drugs. That's the sermon today. I know you'd never think that the sermon would have those titles in them today, but we're going to talk about where do we stand from a liberty standpoint as it pertains to alcohol, cigarettes, cigars, weed, gluttony, and drugs. Help us, Jesus. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. Oh, say it like you mean it. All right, let's go. Father, we're in you, and we want to do what is pleasing to you. Um, at least we say we do. 
So my prayer is, is that that's where our heart will be. Let the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be appropriate. Be clear, be God-glorifying, loving, yet freeing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right. Don't get too quiet on me, y'all. Uh, give me some feedback every now and then, some Baptocostal feedback. Amen. Um, over, well over a decade ago, almost two decades ago, um, uh, you know, it, 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 I, I went into a culture shock. But let me go back, like, let me go back, like, 1994. So you got to understand, when I, when I got saved, this is how, this would happen, right? So the preacher, they would, they would come up to the front at the end of the service, and they would say, is there anyone this morning? And they would stand up, and all of them would line up in the front. Is anyone this morning? Uh, really, 1992. But anyone this morning? And what happened is you'd come up, and, 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 and you, you, you know, you'd usually be broke down. Like back then, we had them broke down. You'd be like this. You know, the, you, know you, you cry when you, when you can't even talk. You, just, uh, 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 you know, that's when the Holy Ghost done tore you clean up. And you, you got that snotty. You don't, you don't even need tissue. You don't even know what's going on. You just know you need God. You ever been there? Uh, uh, ain't nobody going to talk about you ever been? You ever been at all? You, I need God today. I don't know what the message was about. It's just something hit me that God, something need to change, you know? And so um, they would, they would, the, 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 the people would take you in the back and they would hit you up with the gospel in the back, the counselors, they called them. And, and they would come out and they, they, they would share the gospel with you in the back and then they would take you back out to the congregation. And some people came for different reasons. So they would say, and so uh, th this is the main pulpit, the big John, then over to the left, your right will be the micro pulpit. And right there would be the church clerk. And the church clerk would stand there and, and, and the church workers say, Pastor and congregation, we have with us uh, a brother, sister, da da da. And they would say, Coming on Christian experience. That means you ain't get saved, you want not rededicate, and you just saying, I want to join. You know, we ain't have all them classes. You just come up and you join. Um, then there was another one. He come to rededicate his life to Christ. And then he tried to get the microphone, and the deacon's like, Nah, because they know that testimony going to be long. Then. <laughs> Then you got the person that's coming, and they got saved, and everybody would go crazy. And then you give the preacher your hand and Jesus your heart, and that's kind of what it would be. But then you would kind of be theologically discipled in Sunday school and in Sunday service that there are certain things that make you Christian. And some of those things that make you Christian is you don't have sex. You don't do drugs. In other words... Being a Christian isn't based on what Christ has done for you. You keep your salvation by your commitment to your sanctification. But my Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, that our salvation is protected in heaven by God. So, so, so what begins to happen is I began to develop what I call a tinge of legalism. Legalism is believing that if the, you keep these list of things, these are the things that keep you saved and in good standing with God. But I didn't know that my standing in God was based on my standing in Christ, not my standing by, me, by myself based on what I did because the Bible says not based on deeds that we have done. But now that doesn't mean that I act licentiously and act a fool and do what I want to do and only live based on having fire insurance. No, I have relational interaction, not just I'm abandoning the ability to go to hell. And so years later, so, so you got to understand, I, I told y'all last week, I threw away all my tapes and CDs, and if I had an eight-track left over, it was gone. You understand? I, some of y'all don't even know what that is. They were like, what is that? I got rid of everything. I didn't go to certain movies. If it was R-rated, I just wouldn't go. Yeah, see, I don't even, that's when PG-13 was actually PG-13 back then. <laughs> PG-13 ain't PG-13 no more, right? <laughs> and so, and so um, that's uh, my highest is PG-13. And, 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 and so I, I had all of these, so you got to understand, so I, I get my call to ministry, I get my call to ministry, I start walking with the Lord, da -da -da, and then I'm, 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 I get, go to this thing over some, some folks, how they invite me over their house, nice house, fly house. First thing I do while I walk through the door, I see one of these big metal tubs with ice and an assortment of beers. Now, this is a, I'm looking like, this is the right address? This is the Christian address? So I'm like, this, this is the Christian address, okay. This Christian, okay. Then I walk in, and they got bottles on the island. I'm talking about, they had not like effing vodka. They had like Grey Goose high dollar vodka. Okay, don't act like, 
Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all looking at me like, I, I, I've never heard of any of that. Yeah. Don't know what that is. I don't know what, I don't know what Blue Ribbon is. I don't know what Blue Farm is. I don't know what Mad Dog 2020 is. I don't know. I don't know what 40 is. I don't know what any of that is, even though I just named it, but I still don't know what it is. So I go in the back, and they smoking cigars. Now, you got to understand, I'm Mr. Legalism on steroids. So I'm confused. Then they got the, they holding the drink like this, the cigar like that. They going, cacao puff theology. No lie. They in there, I, I'm confused. And they're talking theology. Like, yeah, brother, you understand the framework of, Ard, uh, 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 of, of Arminius' um, uh, didactic, dialectic. I was like, now he's drinking, smoking a cigar, Bible open, and a theology. So I, my framework was being messed up. Then I went to another event, and they, and they had the hookah out. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Now, you got to understand from a former weed addict, that looked like a super bong. Like, I forgot. Y'all don't know what that is. My bad. Yes, y'all do. Y'all just being quiet, trying to act like you're not educated on the faculties of getting high. But I'm not glorifying this. I'm just, I was just trying to frame around it. And I began, as I began talking to brothers and sisters in Christ, but to, and my Presbyterian brothers and sisters, they're going to get their drink on, you know. Y'all don't know. Y'all, listen. So what I, what I began to do is I, re, I realized that I was discipled in a way that based righteousness on certain things. And so my framework was, these things are evil. If you touch them, you're evil. Or you're utilizing it in a way that only I can appropriate based on salvation before Jesus Christ. Right. And so as I began to work through that, I began to learn a principle called Christian liberty. Christian liberty. What is it? Christian liberty is ultimately eternal life in Jesus, freedom from the normal consequences of sin and death. Right. And so fundamentally, fundamentally being saved is knowing Jesus, not in being free to do what you couldn't do. That maybe will be a taboo. That's fundamentally what Christian liberty is. But Christian liberties are also the ability to do things that may have been off limits that's not sin but freeable to do. So I, I, I began to do that, but I, but I only appropriated these things with licentiousness. Licentiousness is, what, is this, that doing what one pleases without regard for the rights of others. In other words, we talked about this in our first few messages in the series where there's a sense in which people, we do things that uh, uh, that, that, that may infringe on others' rights and we don't care about it. But, all, but it also is this. It differs from liberty in this, that the latter is restrained by natural and positive law and consists of doing whatever we please. In other words, what happens is, is licentiousness is the, is, is, is the disposition where I say, because I'm saved, I can do what I want. And that because I'm saved and all, uh, once saved, always saved, I can do what I want without any fruit bearing and commitment to Jesus Christ. So, 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 what, so what brings us to this as we work through this is we bring us to our first and only point. Our first and only point. I got one point and one point only. God created all and gave freedom for use, not misuse. God created it all and gave freedom for use and not misuse. Genesis 1.11, it says, Then God said, Let the earth produce vegetation and seed-bearing plants. Stop right there. So that means it includes the pine tree. It includes the coconut tree. It includes the palm tree. But it also includes weed. Uh-oh. They're like, Pastor, where you going with this? Are you preaching that I can go out on the block and buy me some green, lovely skunkish? And no, that's not what I'm saying. Stay with the pastor. Listen to the whole sermon. Somebody online, you've clicked off and you've run off. Now, you're like, praise the Lord. Your, your hair's in the wind running. <laughs> Stay with me. 
my people. Listen, do not make this a sound bite. I'm sorry, don't play with me. Don't make this no TikTok sound bite. See what the pastor said? See? Because you know how we do. Um, it means that coca leaves are made by God. Means that tobacco is made by God. It means that barley and wheat is made by God. It means that grape, all of those things are made by God. But what does God call these things? Look at it in verse 12. The, the earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, trees bearing fruit with seed according to their kind, and God saw that it was good. So guess what the Bible teaches? That weed is good, that grapes are good, barley's good, tobacco is good, and that coca leaves are good. But the question isn't, are they good? The question is, what were their original uses? Weed uses. Well, let's start with tobacco. Tobacco is used for first aid, for cuts. I don't know if you, uh, I had a, my, my great-grandmother was a, was a Cherokee. If you got a cut, um, uh, she would get some tobacco, chew it, and she would put it on your thing and hold it there. That's, that's old school. Insect repellent, clear nasal passages, kills pests, and helps with allergies. Weed, guess what it helps with? Slow cancer cells from spreading. Somebody said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Prevent Alzheimer's, treat glaucoma, relieve arthritis, help control seizures, Ease the pain of multiple sclerosis. Help with Parkinson's, or slow it down rather, and help with tremors, and helps with Crohn's disease. So it has uses. Amen? Coca leaves. It helps with anemia and mountain sickness. Natural uh, uh, anesthetics. High in calcium stops bleeding. Treatment of abscess, boils, and promotes good sleep. Somebody said amen, sleep, right? But what it wasn't created for was some of the things that we heard. But so, 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 so this means that God, and we'll talk about dissipation and the context of dissipation and self-control. When I talk about dissipation, I'm talking about getting high. In other words, inebriated outside of where, where you're supposed to be mentally, right? Um, and we'll talk about the mind later. Um, but when we talk about this, this means that God did create natural anesthetics, okay? So that means... If I, anybody in here ever had a root canal or something done to your teeth where they got the drilling, okay? I, now, you, it, it, now, if you that holy that you said you're not going to give me no anesthesia and you're just going to bite on something and they're just going to drill, you godly. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 12 and say it's all good. So whatever you got in the back, Mr. Anesthesiologist, if I don't be myself, just make sure y'all in here strap me down. Light your boy up. I don't want to feel nothing in this place, right? And that's when, the, 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 that's when it's in the Bible now. Being out of your mind in a controlled environment is to help you not to experience the pain. The, 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 this is very, very important, right? And so, and so, so, but the fall came, and you know what happens when the fall come. When the fall come, we got a, we got, man got innovated. We just started experimenting with God's good creation. The, the, the creation remained good. It was just under a curse. And so, and so, 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 so that means the creation's still good, but it's under a curse. And the way we function under that curse is sometimes we molest the use of creation. Some of those ways in which we molest the use of creation, like coca leaves. I remember um, some, some people on a trip in the, uh, Amazon, in the Amazonian mountains, and they went up, and they didn't understand why, as they went up higher altitudes, that the natives were able to breathe because they were sneaking coca leaves in their mouth and chewing them because it helps you with elevation sickness in any way, shape, or form and expands your ability to breathe, right? So that's, but, but what it was not made for was to be turned into a powder to be snorted through the nose, or then from there, cooking up the soda on the, on the oven. Soda meaning basically crack. So it wasn't meant for that. But what man does 
is when we have the predominant understanding of our use based on the fallen view, it's hard to really see the more comprehensive and good use of its original intention because of the way we as human beings have, have manifested our fallenness in the function of how we relate to God's creation. And this can relate to so many things. It can relate to relationships. It can relate to love. It can relate to, it can relate to so many things that we have allowed to become corrupted, and we call it bad, not because it's bad in and of itself, but our relationship with it is bad, and so therefore we treat it as bad. And so where do we find drugs in the Bible? Somebody say, drugs ain't nowhere in the Bible. It's everywhere. Bible talks a lot about drugs in principle and in ideology. Are y'all still tracking with me? So over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, God sneaks drugs in on us in something called the deeds of the flesh. The word in there that's a deed of the flesh is the word sorcery, where we get our word, it's the word pharmakia which is the word we get our word pharmacy from. Now, if you understand ancient practices, ancient practices, one of the, one of the main relationships that getting inebriated had a relationship was sorcery. So when someone was going to try to have an ecstatic experience, we would have called that back in my day an acid trip. What they would have done is they would have taken uh, these drugs in order to but they believe that drugs connected them to the spirit world by them being out of their own personal minds and going into their own spiritual minds. And so they interpreted that high as a connection to the spirit world. Now, am I saying that getting high today means you're connected to the spirit world? Not necessarily. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. But I know that it's not the way God wants us to relate to his creation. And so, and so when we look at this idea of Framing ourselves, one of the things that we have to think through parenthetically is two things. When we think about bad uses of substances, we think about two things. We think we should be thinking about Psalm 90, verse 10 and 12, and we should be thinking about Psalm 55, verse 23. When we look at Psalm 90, verse 10 through 12, what we should be looking at is this. Our lives last 70 years or if we're strong, 80 years. So God basically kind of promises us a certain amount of years. You know, the old King James says four score. I don't know what they was talking about when they had that in there. But there's a lifespan that every man has. Later in the passage, it talks about us numbering our days. So that means God to every human being, the Bible says in Acts and in other passages, that God has assigned the family that you're born in is sovereign. We talk about God being sovereign today. The family you're born in, is, is, is you've been sovereignly put there. But not only that, your days have been numbered. In other words, God has assigned a certain number of days for you to live. So every one of us has a birth date and an expiration date. Hopefully in between the birth date and the death date, we have a rebirth date. <laughs> and, and, so, and, and, so, and so, but however, listen to what Psalm, are y'all tracking with me? Now, now Psalm 55 verse 23 said, God you will bring them down to the pit of destruction. Men of bloodshed and treachery will not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. What is it talking about? This is a theological framework for so many of the passages in the Bible that talks about the fact that we can shorten our days. So, so God gives you, let's say God gave you 80 years, 85 years. You're going to die at 85 of natural causes. But you start doing drugs, wilding, and get strung out on heroin or whatever, and you begin to live a horrific life, you can cut your days short by functioning in a lack of wisdom. And so we have to begin to think about our lives that enjoyment must serve God. God doesn't serve our enjoyment. I mean... And I'll talk about it in a minute. I want to be here as long. I do not want to do anything 
to lessen my lifespan. I want to get as healthy as I can. I want to get as strong as I can. I want my mind to be in my mind, right mind every day of my life. I want to see my children. I want to see my children's children. I want to give my daughter away if she gets married. I want, I want to see my sons graduate. I want to see them create businesses. I want to see them walk in godliness. I want to see them develop families. I don't want my days to be cut short because I thought of my high better than I did my God and my children. I want to grow old with my wife and get them old green earn our varicose veins and then little white dots on your legs. I want to help her put some medicine in her mouth. Help me with my medicine. I want us to, I want us to get to the point where we earn our limp. I'm, I'm earning, I want to earn my OG limp. That's the OG limp. That's a good limp. I want to get mine. I want to get all the way there. But I don't want, but, but we have to think about it. How you steward your youth you pay for it when you get old. And so we, what we want to do is we want to do the best with our bodies. And so when we look at this, that's why we go to Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 19, a lot of verses today. I don't apologize for it. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 15 through 19. You've heard this little part before. Pay careful attention then how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. The, the, the Greek word there for wise is Sophia. It's Hebrew equivalent. I believe Paul pulls on this as a Jew, a Hebrew, in his use of Sophia here, which is the Hebrew word chokmah. Somebody say chokmah. Oh, you got to go get it like you got a sinus infection. Chokmah. Come on, one, two, three. There you go. Now you know Hebrew. You went and got it. Chokmah means to, 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 to proficiently live out what you know. It means to proficiently live out what you know. It's talking about not, and, and the idea here is the same as the message was last week, discernment. Discernment, the ability to tell the difference between good and evil. And also to know when to say When? And we're not. That's discernment. Discernment is skillfully making godly decisions in all types of terrain. And I, I, I want us to be a, a community and a generation of people that are extremely wise. I love the way David says it when he talks about discernment in Psalm 119. He says, your word has made me wiser than my teachers. In other words, he, he, he's, he's, he, said, he, said, he says his, God's word has made him wiser than his years are. When you're in God's word, God can make you have an older spirit than your body when you know him. When you, when you, when you know him, you, you don't act your age. You act beyond your age because God's wisdom can grow you in ways that weightlifting can't, that eating right can't, that running can't, that taking supplements can't. God's word! His word. His word. His word. Discernment. All of us need to hear this. I need to hear it. <laughs> it says making the most of the time. It talks about not wasting time the way when the days are evil. Why? Because the fall has happened. So we have to supersede it by bringing, <clears throat> by relating good in creation, by redeeming it based on God's intention, not living based on where things are now. He says, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do, do, let me ask you a question. Do we really seek God's will? Um, because we live in a self-medicated environment. And this is where all of this comes in with everything we're talking about. We, we have an I deserve environment. We, we have this disposition. We've taken self-care to self-idolatry. See, see, we try to use it. When God asks you to sacrifice something, you, 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 you pull the self-care card. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that's God. God will want me to take care of myself, so I'm going to be on some self. And self-care does matter. But some of us are just, our whole life is self-care. And some of our self-care is self-medication. And what ends up happening is our self-care becomes godless because then it begins to justify going after certain personal appetites because God hasn't come through the way you wanted him to come through yet. Right? 
And so we got to learn what his will is and not be foolish. And there it goes. Don't get drunk. Drunk. There it is. With wine. There it is. There it is. Don't get drunk with wine. The word wine here is, 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 is euphemistically used for any type of substance that when overused outside of the way God called it to be used, takes you out of your proper mind so that you can be controlled by the spirit, not it. So somebody said, it's just wine here. No, it includes everything because the principle is larger than wine. It says, for this is reckless living. In the old translation, it says dissipation, which means inebriation. So, so in other words, anything that is an illicit substance that doesn't allow you to click. Because listen, listening to the Holy Spirit and knowing his voice isn't a feeling. It's, it's, it's not just, it, feelings can follow the ideology, but, 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 but knowing the Spirit's voice is knowing God's word. Because there are all kinds of spirits that will talk to you. But what you have to do is you, but if you're inebriated, you don't know who's talking to you. You're like, I think, I think that's the Holy Spirit right there. You think, and that, that ain't the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God wants you in your right mind to be able to use your divine mind. Help me today. To be able to see God's word and understand, oh, that ain't God. That's the devil. Listen, so if, if, some, if you hear, you should sacrifice today. You should sacrifice and give your time to that person. Well, I know that's the devil. That right there is the devil. No, that's God, because Satan won't tell you to sacrifice yourself for somebody else. So that's probably a biblical thing. And so, and so when he's talking about not getting drunk here, but this is uh, reckless living, it's pointing to the idea that we're losing the ability to use our mind properly. So all of these different things, drugs, we'll talk about food in a minute, but drugs and alcohol, we're not, again, we're not dogging these things because we'll speak redemptively about them in a minute. But God wants your mind. Somebody say mind. mind. Listen to so much that God says about the mind in Scripture. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it says, be sober. It means don't be intoxicated so that you can see life clearly from God's perspective. That's sobriety. Sobriety. <clears throat> Romans 8, 5 said you should have your mind on the things of the Spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, we have the mind of Christ, meaning we have the ability to think like Jesus. We got a new level of consciousness in him. Ephesians chapter 4, 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 says, let your heart and mind be guarded by peace in Christ Jesus. But then Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says, keep your mind on things above. And so, and so when we look at this idea of the mind, the mind is the space in your life where your values are. Your mind is where you implant your values so that your affections and passions can follow them. That's why when we talk about Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27, when the Spirit of God comes in our life, when we get saved, and he gives us a new heart, he gives us mind, emotions, will. We've talked about this before. Mind is where your values are. Emotions where your passions are. Volition or will is where your execution of bearing fruit practically in real life is. So when God is after your mind and he's talking about don't do anything to mess up your mind, why? Because if you mess up your mind, you change your values. If you change your values, you change your passions. If you change your passions, your life changes. So that's why what you think matters. The gospel transforms you from the inside out. What you think matters, your values matter. And that's where our standing for Christ is. <clears throat> that's why you can't be conformed to this world. That's why you can't want to be somebody's friend so much that you never stand for Christ. And so we see here that, that, that God wants us to, 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 to have the right mind. Then, then, then I like this. He says, but be filled. It can be translated, but be being filled. 
In other words, it's an over and over again occurrence. In, in chapter 2 of, of Acts, you see uh, them being filled with the Spirit there. But then you see in chapter 4, Peter being filled with the Spirit again. You see Paul being filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 9, but you see him later being filled with the Spirit again. Nobody talks about it, but it's, a, it's an occurrence based on submission to Christ. And so that, that, it's, 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 it happens in worship. That's why right after this it says, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. See, some of y'all doing worship, y'all look around too much and you wonder why that person over there yelled and hollered and you looking over there, you need to mind your business and get before God and lift your hands because listen, worship is a mechanism of making your mind, your human mind go down and your divine mind come up and that's when the Holy Spirit can fill you and control you and motivate you in every single area of your life. And so, so we should be filled. So remember, <laughs> being filled with the Spirit is domination, meaning he's in control. Now, this means he's not the sucker of the Trinity. You know, he's not the stepchild of the Trinity, the one that's the least valued, and he's the one that's kind of, shoo, go do things. And then he comes to you and you say, Holy Spirit, you go do this. He goes, no, who you think you're talking to? He's God! <laughs> and he gets the ball shoe around. We have self-control. Why is that one of the parts of the fruit of the Spirit? Because when the Spirit speaks to you and you identify him, not it, he's not an it, he's a him. He doesn't, do, he doesn't change his pronouns for you because we're in a different context. He's he. If he calls himself, if you want to be called what you want to be called, but God says, call me like this, even though I don't have gender, but use this gender when you relate to me, then how do you think now that you're going to tell God what you're going to call God? If I call you she, you would get mad. But you're going to tell God what we should call him. That was for free. And the Holy Spirit gets to, he, he utilizes the self-control. That's what's called the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and he uses that self-control for us. But not only that, he's, he puts pressure on us. Plurao means pressure. means that it's like when they put their sails up back then, and it would feel, it would, it would be plurao with wind, and he takes us where we're going. But it's permeation. He gets into everything. <laughs> he gets into everything. Now, let's talk about Proverbs <laughs> as we get ready to land, and I'm out your way. Y'all still with me, right? Proverbs on drinking and overindulgence. <clears throat> this is a convicting verse, but helpful. Don't associate with those who drink too much wine or those who gorge themselves on meat. Jesus. <clears throat> it equates gluttony with drunkenness. Now, having had to lose 30 pounds, I was a glutton. Y'all quiet. It was my drug. Listen. What I should have eaten in moderation, I made a lifestyle of eating. <laughs> Listen, if you don't think it's a drug, I went through McDonald's drive-thru. Got me some fresh McDonald's fries with some fresh salt on it. A fresh Big Mac with extra sauce and an orange drink. And let me just tell you, when you take, you can't take one fry. When you pick up McDonald's fries, you got to pick up like four of them. Who picks up one? That's toddler fingers. You just grab them and you put them in your mouth. Then you bite the Big Mac so that the French fries and the Big Mac sauce go together. Woo! Then you drink the thing. Then you, you just like this. I'll be like, I just levitate right there. And y'all know I like food, so I got to be careful. But, but there are times... When I, listen, my two drugs were these two, carbs and sugar. And if you know anything physiologically of the effects of those, you know that they have a drug effect. And listen, many of us in here, listen, all of us got our issues and we working through stuff. But I, but I knew that I didn't want it to master me anymore. I knew that it wouldn't master me because I couldn't fit stuff anymore. I looked at a picture of myself when I was preaching outside during the pandemic, and I saw how, how, how just out of control I was beginning to look. And I was embarrassed that I was pastoring and looking like that, telling people about their stuff. And I got down 30 pounds now. I got 30 pounds to go. 
But I'm not saying that. I'm saying this because we, we have to begin to just think about our witness overall, y'all. Like, it's not about I love myself. It's like, listen, let me tell you so. Self-love is the weakest form of love. <laughs> the greatest love is knowing God's love for you. Way more empowering. Because you don't, you love yourself in a way that may not help you to change. That's why, listen, Ephesians, this is for free. Ephesians says to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all comprehension. Why? <clears throat> because there are days I don't love me. So, but what I do need is I need a God who loves me, who reminds me that my value's in him, not my love for myself. <laughs> then my love for myself is through his love for me because I'm basing it on Christ and not my inherent love for myself. <sighs> it's very important. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a nuance, but, 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 it, but it's a very important nuance for us to walk in. And so <clears throat> it says in verse one, verse 1 of chapter 20, it says, wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler. Whoever goes astray because of them is not wise. <laughs> but the Bible does teach moderation. So we've taught of over such a now, now please hear me today. I'm, I'm not going out there. Go, everybody go get a drink. That's not what I'm saying. Because I know some of you can never do that because you were an alcoholic or you have addictive tendencies. And if you, if you, if you start getting into it, you're going you're gonna to get lit up. You're going to get nice. Amen. Right? But... There is, there is healthy, and I know a lot of y'all indulge because I see your Instagram page. So don't, don't most of y'all drink. I remember I would go to church and I could have to find the drinkers. Everybody in the church drink. So guess what I have to do? Instead of telling you not to drink, I have to, we have to shepherd you through how to do it right. It's not, you, can't, you can't get out here and say, the devil, that's a lie in the devil, and it's all evil. And that's, that, nobody's going to listen to you. Pastors, if you're listening, they're not going to listen to you telling them no. You got to give them instructions. So here's instruction number one, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18. Here is what I have seen to be good. It is appropriate to eat, drink, he ain't talking about water, and experience good in all the labor one does under the sun the few days of life, I like the way he calls it few days, of, of his life, God has given him because that is his reward. So Solomon talks about here, he said, it's nothing wrong with enjoying what God's created. This goes back to Genesis chapter 1. Enjoyment. Something is medicine? That doesn't mean I'm telling you to enjoy weed. You said, enjoy everything, pastor. I'm going down the street now. No. That doesn't mean enjoy crack. That does not mean enjoy heroin, acid. It doesn't mean, it, listen, help me, Jesus, if somebody walk away from here thinking I've said it's okay for you to get high. Listen, the difference between liquor is you can do it in moderation. You can't snort cane in moderation. Take a puff of that crack if you want to and think that's going to be moderation. After 30 minutes of going like this, you're going to get right back up going down the street like this, going to get you some more. I'm not trying to be funny. So it's not the same thing. And it's been, it's been altered. <laughs> One of the most crazy convicting things, but beautiful things, not even convicting, is Jesus' first miracle was a miracle of liquor. Strange. But because he had a good understanding of it, because he created it, he created, he created grapes and created man with the potential of utilizing grapes to make things with that could be good when done in the moderation. That was his encouragement based on us being fruitful and multiply and subduing the earth to promote human flourishing to creating cities and to utilizing creation to enjoy it. So wine and beer and whiskey and liquor, all of that are, are innovative ways to enjoy the earth without it being too much for us. And so what is it a symbol of though? It's a symbol of joy symbol of offering and celebration. It's an symbol, 
and it signals the beginning of a new order. Listen, Jesus, listen, when he, when he went in and changed the water to wine, he didn't change it to low shelf wine. He didn't change it into Boone Farmers. He changed it into Francis Ford Coppola. And so what he did was he, but, but it was more than just the drink. It was a signal of what he was about to do. And wine is always a signal for celebration in their culture that something new is coming. And in light of that, Romans 12, what should we do, y'all? So then let us pursue what promotes peace and build one another up. That means if you go out with somebody and you don't know who they are, you're hanging out with somebody and, you, and they say, this is just a practical note before I leave. And you say, hey, instead of just saying, hey, 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 give me a martini, uh, a double martini, a dry. And they bring it over. You're like, you want one too? That's not how you do that. You say, do you mind if I get a drink? And if they, if they say, you know what, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm like, you know why? When you do that, you mess up the ministry opportunity. You don't lose your mind. You just say, okay, cool. You don't be like, party pooper. <laughs> you know, water. <laughs> you know, Pellegrino. Juice. That means it's an idol if you got to treat it like that. Because a, a godly Christian can give up anything for the moment if it means the building up of their sibling. Right? So takeaways. If you got addictions, get some help. Get help. Deal with any health concerns you have. Use discretion if it's a med. Don't be going out talking about, you know, CBD and just yelling that you take CBD. Keep that to yourself. That's what the Bible says right here. And it says, it says, do not tear down because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to someone who may. Listen to what it says. Whatever you believe about these things, keep them to yourself. Some of us talk too much. Don't nobody need to know everything. Chill out and do what God allowed you to do on your own without being around them. And more what I like about Jesus, Jesus says this in Mark 14, 25. He says, truly, I tell you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. If Jesus could take a 2,000-year abstinence from wine until we all drink it new in the kingdom, why can't we take one day, one moment, one week to come away from it to benefit someone else? But most of all, it's not that Jesus sacrificed in that. His greatest sacrifice was giving us his life so that we can have the freedom that we're here talking about. And so he died on the cross, went in the grave, got up on the third day, and he got all his power. He got all of it in his hand for us. And that same power is to help us to live a godly life. Every head, uh, uh, um, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you've never placed your confidence in Yeshua. Maybe you're here and you need, you don't notice you need Jesus, but listen, everyone, everyone in here that was born, we were born in need of him. No one just gets a relationship with God based on being alive. All of us are creations of God, but we're not children of God. So to come into a relationship with God, you have to be reborn. And that doesn't mean going to your mom's womb again. That means believe that he died on the cross for your sins and got up from the grave. And you will go from disconnection to connection. It's one of the most beautiful things that can ever happen in your life. And it, your life will change. Your life will be new. And you'll be freer than you've ever known you could be because of his great mercy and because of his great grace. If you're here today and you want to say yes to Jesus, the best decision in the universe, hold your hand up. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. If you're in the balcony or on the floor, you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus. Hold your hand up nice and high. We want to we want to pray for you. I see that hand up in the balcony. Anybody else? Anybody else? It says they want to say yes to little Yeshua. Anyone? Amen. Well, one is enough to make 72,000 in heaven rejoice. 
Amen. Well, let's prepare our hearts and minds for communion. Someone's going to connect with you. We're excited for your profession of faith. Someone's on the way right now. Amen. And if you are online and you want to place your confidence in Jesus, serve communion, you want to be served, please hold your hand up. <laughs> Seeing the sh chat guy, save that question for next week. Um, it's a good point. Still the same biblical principle, but we'll talk about it next week. Um, let us stand together. Anyone wasn't served, they want to be served. get free he gave his life body and blood let's eat together pour it out for us as a sacrifice the greatest sacrifice of all time if you don't eat his blood eat his body and drink his blood you have no part with him those who have a part with him, let us drink together. Lord, we want to practically reflect the fact that you mean a lot to us. But not only that you mean a lot to us, but that people mean a lot. Lord, teach us how to honor you and to find our identity in you. And if anyone out there is self-medicating on anything will you reach out and help and help them to seek the help that they need Lord may we rest in you and find our freedom in Christ practice it well now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before his throne with exceeding gladness and joy to him our God and Savior be glory majesty dominion and power both now and forever. Everybody agree with that saying? Amen. God bless you. Have a good one. Take care. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.